Thank you for tuning in to Worth the Burn, a regular podcast featuring our favorite arts and technology innovations. We'll explore authentic assessments and why it's worth the extra effort to allow our lessons to leap off the page in the real world. My name is Nicole Worth, and I play two roles at my school. I am the Cato 8 Innovation Specialist, as well as the Professional Development Coordinator, and I have taught middle school history here for 10 years. My name is Lisa Byrne. I teach drama, and I am an Arts Integration Specialist. In this podcast, we'll choose topics, add some research behind the discussion, our opinions, of course, interviews, and a few panel discussions. And we promise a little bit of fun, or maybe a lot of fun, here's hoping. (laughs) Today, we decided to build off of what we talked about last week, the power of the child, and we interviewed some of our students about their favorite innovative lessons. We are here with two eighth graders who are about to graduate from Mayfield. And before they go, we wanted to ask them what was innovative or creative or stuck with you about your education here. Um, I guess we did the ones that kind of stuck with me the most are like we did a ton of um, like group projects in sixth grade and history class. We did it with um, uh, like Mesopotamia. the Roman Empire. Uh, we had a Greek festival. It was a it was a bunch of ancient history, and we also did things with Egypt, and it was really cool. And one that I really liked was the Egypt Arcade, where you had to learn about um, uh, a thing. You had to pick a certain part of Egypt, uh, of Egyptian history to learn about, and I believe our we did it on gods. And then with that, you had to take it and make something that you would find in, our, in an arcade. So we um, chose a photo booth with, bunch of, with a bunch of props and things that would look like some of the ancient Egyptian gods. So that was really cool to like collaborate and build it with your group. Do you feel like it was just fun? Is that why it stuck with you, or did you learn anything from doing well, it? Well, no, I actually did learn a lot of things. Like, I didn't know how there were, like, so many different gods and, like, all the things, like, how it's so different, but also really cool, and just, I found it really interesting, I guess. So in the process of making the arcade, if I remember right, you guys had to do your research, come up with your plan, but then you only had an hour to build on the field, right? Yeah. So did you, in your building, did you have to, do you remember anything about that experience of what was difficult or how you had to adjust it? Uh, yeah, I guess you just had to really work together well with um, your group. You had to, like, make sure everyone was, like, doing the right thing, and you had to talk to each other about, like, what, who's getting the certain piece, who's making the props, who's putting together who's putting together the actual booth, like who's getting the camera, who's doing all these things. So you really just had to work together and it was like really helpful for teamwork skills. So, Did the limitations that you were given make you feel like you had to be more creative? Um, it was definitely, you had to be creative either way. It was gonna be challenging, but I mean, it was a couple years ago, so I don't really remember like that. But I mean, I'm sure we had like cardboard and paper. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. 
Tell us about the Greek Fest. Uh, so the Greek Festival, there was different groups. Out of all 61 kids in the grade, there were different groups. And you got to pick either from Egypt, like arts or like um, maybe like a chariot race or like some kind of culture thing. And um, my group, we did um, arts. So we had all the kids take different, like there was painting, there was, we took Play-Doh and all that stuff and they had to make a creation from relating to Egypt about theirs. Cool. What did you learn by teaching other people about the subject? Um, we actually taught ourselves more because, like, when we were like, some kids would ask questions that like we had no idea because we only looked up so much. And so when we were looking it up, we got all this information about like who did a lot of the art and what it was used for and like different types. Like there was pottery and then there was like paint, like just like paintings for like other like people like telling stories through painting and then uh, pottery for everyday life use. It sounds like having an authentic audience made it more meaningful to you. Yeah, um, having people like wanting to learn more. And it was like fun because it was like raining, so everyone was inside. And so everyone was like laughing, having a great time. There were people running down the hallways and having people wanting to learn more about Egypt, not learning something from their own classroom and having us teach them. So what I did learn from listening to our lovely eighth grader is that we need to have them write before they talk. They <laughs> <laughs> it's a very raw classroom interview, spur of the moment. Yes, for sure. Uh, and that was my project uh, that I did with that class a couple years ago. So it brings me back a little bit, but I pulled up the rubric uh, to look a little bit more closely at the skills that I was trying to get them to learn. Yeah, let's dissect this. So what makes a Greek fest or an Egyptian arcade innovative? So my goal with that as a history teacher, ancient history teacher, is yes, I wanted them to learn Egypt. I wanted them to be interested in Egypt, uh, have choice, and that's an innovative thing that they that we are not giving our kids one thing to learn or that they need to learn necessarily everything, but things that interest them, and then focus on a bunch of skills that go along with that. So there was definitely a writing component, but within the cardboard arcade game in itself, they were required to utilize knowledge of their topic within their work. So that shows critical thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're going to see is that the goal is to practice the four C's, critical thinking, collaboration, communication, creativity. Uh, that, those are always the skills that make things innovative. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about creative limitation because I think that's important in this project too. Um, artist Phil Hansen made some remarks at a TED conference and, that I think are very striking. He said, we need first to be limited in order to become limitless. Mm -hmm. If you treat the problems as possibilities, life will start to dance with you in the most amazing <laughs> ways. And that sounds <laughs> like it's apropos to this project because all they had was quote unquote cardboard and paper. Definitely. And so... If I remember right, we I partnered with math and they were learning about scales and how to create a scale model. So they did a blueprint and they did all the planning and the research ahead of time. And then we told them that tomorrow we are all going to the field with a ton of cardboard. Oh yeah, we did some collecting of cardboard. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna stand in the middle of the field and you have one hour 
to make this amazing arcade game. Um, and so that was the limiting factor, right? They just had cardboard. They had some duct tape. They had maybe some markers and some construction paper. And they really just had to make it work. In addition to that, they uh, only had a certain amount of tools as well. Uh, our biggest problem, and something that I would redo in the future if I did this project again, would be to have more materials for or tools for cutting things. Mm. Um, you know, as much as we can train kids to use X-Acto knives, um, oh the field with 66 graders is probably <laughs> not the ideal place to look at best practices. So the teachers were the only ones that had that. And mind you, then that limits their mm -hmm. ability to go further in their design because they're waiting for a teacher to come over and help them cut things. So we're um, also very lucky to have a makerspace. How does that affect doing projects like this? So one great thing about having a makerspace is there are tools waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Now that I am the manager of our makerspace, I hide the X-Acto knives um, until I do a formal lesson on how to use them and how to not injure yourself. And even then I feel very uh, reticent about just letting them have it. But we have cardboard scissors. We have kid-friendly knives uh, that allow for that cutting and going crazy without cutting a finger off, for instance. <laughs> um, and not to mention that it is an amazing place to store all the projects in between if projects take more than one day and to gather resources. So, you know, there's a ton of cardboard in there. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have to necessarily stock up ahead of time for a project like that. The students also talked about teaching other kids about the projects. Why is that important? That is one of the highest levels of learning, right? If you uh, can teach somebody else about it, that means that you have to have knowledge of it. You have to feel confident in it and you are able to choose the most interesting facts that can get the point across. Um, and so when we actually did the arcade, it was really exciting for the kids because not only did they have to show knowledge of ancient Egypt, they had to show knowledge of what an arcade game is, which isn't necessarily something that kids see the same way anymore. That's mm -hmm. um, much more video game centric and less about you know using simple machines, for instance. So one of the requirements was that it had to have some form of engineering component to it so it had to either have a moving part or it had to have a simple machine mm -hmm. like a lever um, you know like for instance maybe they made a pinball machine um, and so yeah it was really exciting this whole project has a lot of moving parts how could you grade something like this great question well a rubric uh, so I'll, I'll go back to that for a little bit um, so I had the kids grade themselves on the so I gave them the rubric ahead of time I graded them on knowledge of Egypt knowledge of arcade games then I also graded them on their scale and that was the math grade you know can they make a scale mm -hmm. in their blueprint um, did they have an engineering aspect so that lets me know do they know what engineering means and you know can they duplicate a simple machine and then the final component was that they have a creative spin. And creative is that word that we all use, but mm -hmm. many times people think it means making pretty things or mm -hmm. making an arts and crafts, making it look cool, but that's actually not what creativity means. Creativity is taking something and making something new out of it that mm -hmm. has never existed before. So they had to make an arcade game that maybe was a pinball machine or a, I think one student, my favorite one, they made the operation. <laughs> um, and 
So they had to make that, but they had to make it new and unique to ancient Egypt and to their design um, that made it really special and different. So um, I gave them an, a, a sheet that had all of these statements of things that they um, were going to be graded on, and then they had to decide whether uh, they agreed or disagreed with, you know, that you, I can tell from this game that they have a lot of knowledge of ancient Egypt. So mm -hmm. they did a self-assessment, and then teachers who were at the event came around and did the survey as well. And then we used that, I used that, to look at um, what are the skills, what are the skills and where are they fitting in that. What's the biggest challenge is that, you know, a lot of times our kids haven't had tons of opportunities to engineer something, right? Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily consider that a history standard. So I might not necessarily grade them on that, but I might write a little anecdote underneath my grade with, you know, this is where I see where you're at with engineering. I can tell you know what a simple machine is and you know how to make one work. Um, or I can tell that you've, you've missed that part a little mm -hmm. bit. So I think it's a mix of grade when we're looking at history and critical thinking, but also a little bit of just an understanding of the innovative practices, right? As, as our grades no longer, hopefully one day, <laughs> hopefully they will no longer be just about knowledge and more about these creativity and collaboration, things like that. Well, speaking of which, mm -hmm. our next interview is about the eighth grade play, Ooh. which integrates um, science, math, engineering, as well as dancing, singing, acting. So let's Everyone in our grade has a role in it, and we all act as a character, but we also have a second job as a crew member, and um, everyone c contributes to it, and uh, some of the crew jobs people have are like light sounds, uh, lights and sets, um, where they're up top in the booth and they help out with the lighting, the sound, the video of uh, everything that goes into making the produ production look good. And uh, they actually use a real soundboard and professional lighting with uh, one of our tech people, Mr. Tellers. And uh, that was my uh, one of my jobs for the crew and I had a, a lot of fun being a spotlight and then yeah, I was spot two, which is the main spotlight. And first you audition and you pick a monologue and a song and you sing in front of your class. And then you get called for callbacks, which is a little interesting. And then you <laughs> sing a song from the play. And then you find out about a week, a week later. And then you get your crew assignment. And I was lucky enough to get lights and sound. And I, I, like I said, I was spot two, which was really fun because you got to point the brightest spotlight right at everybody's eyes. <laughs> and um, it was just a really great experience because I know I wouldn't have thought it was going to be so much fun um, until I, got, I really got into it. And then I was super happy because I was Schroeder. And um, it was just a great experience for me. What did you learn? Um, some things I learned was um, being act you have to actually act as your character throughout the whole play, not just when you're up there, and being in that mode of acting when you're focused on what your character does, things, uh, thinks, and is like. And we were working on projects in drama class to make uh, to find out what your character is really like and their characteristics, and then we interpret that into our acting and just our overall well-being and how we are in our day-to-day -day life. Yeah, like Tristan said, you, have to, you always have to stay in character. You have to be thinking about what would my character be doing in a situation. 
um, like in the play, um, Lucy says, what, did, what, what would you think if uh, someday you and I were to get married? And I just made a crazy face. Just <laughs> would not want to get married to a Lucy. <laughs> and um, yeah, so you just always have to be in that constant mode of what would my character do? How would my character react? And um, yeah, it was just really fun to be Schroeder for a couple months. And how does that connect with your religion? curriculum so in our religion curriculum we're doing these values videos where in the beginning of the year we chose a value mine was perseverance and i linked that with my character which is snoopy and how he persevered but it was mostly him helping charlie brown persevere throughout the day because charlie brown is this depressed character that always has these things going wrong for him and being able to persevere and in the end being happy and being able to um succeed is uh, the whole point of perseverance, and I linked that with my value of perseverance, and overall it was a really fun project, and it, and it linked very well with the play. And my value was kindness, and I linked Schroeder to kindness by always being able to play a tune when somebody's feeling down. <laughs> and um, yeah, and he just always plays his piano, which is kind of funny to me. And he doesn't really interact with everybody, but he's very kind, and he's always there for people when they, the one they need him most. So I notice in the play that there's a lot of stereotypes uh, in the play itself. And one of the things that struck me was that the desks are always in rows and the teacher wah, 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 wah. Uh, how do you think school is different from that today? So today I feel like it's more interactive instead of how it was before where it was just a teacher giving a lecture to the students. And now it's a lot more interactive where the students are also having conversations with the teacher about like what we're doing and we have input in what we're doing in curriculum like in technology class we were asked what we were going to do today and we were given three different options and it's uh, also the choice of the student as well as the teacher of what we're going to do and what type of activities we're doing so overall it's a really interactive learning experience compared to the normal lecture experience yeah and we have ipads too so it's just more interactive with the people around you and it's not just pen and paper. Um, you get to be on your iPad and you could watch videos about the subject that you're learning. It's not just, um, a, um, I'm blanking on the word. Reading? No, not reading. <laughs> uh, uh, old fashioned is a better way to describe it. It's, um, yeah, you just have choices of what you can do and how you're gonna do it and you can make the choice yourself and you don't and you're not stuck with one way of doing something everyone yeah. doesn't have to do a book report on peter rabbit so we've had an eighth grade play for many many years and it's very interesting to me as a non-drama teacher how you lisa pick a pick a play cast it all, all of the background stuff. How do you do that and why do you think that's innovative? Well, there's a lot that goes into it. I try to find the general qualities of the class. And since everyone in the entire eighth grade has to be in it on stage and behind the scenes, I try to pick a show that speaks to that class and the qualities of that class. So for example, the class of 2018 is a very happy, boisterous, joyful class. Um, they also have some stereotypes going on that I wanted to break open, like what does it mean to be a girl? What does it mean to be a boy? 
Um, but also we go along with what we're learning uh, in religion, service learning project. And we are currently taking our show on the road. Today we went to Dolores Mission School and performed for those students. And we had a great discussion with the kids afterward about the values that are shown and demonstrated in the show and what they can learn from it. So when, so you mentioned religion class and you've also mentioned that, or and the boys mentioned that there's a lot of responsibility to act as that character throughout the day and to be that person. And how do you as an educator gather the eighth grade teachers and get them all on board to support these efforts? So tell us what collaboration looks like. Oh, we have a lot of collaboration. Because um, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. I think eighth grade does it the best. Oh, of thank you. Kindergarten through eighth, I would say, <laughs> of your ability to collaborate together. And this is a hard task because we have in one grade we have 12 teachers teaching more maybe teaching each grade so tell us yeah. about that well I think for me um, what's important is finding the 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 through line the thread that connects everything that they're learning because in drama we don't we don't give grades so it's not going to be the grade that is the motivating factor it's going to be the meaning behind it so therefore I try to find themes that connect with what they're reading in their English class um, we definitely use math and science and engineering to put together our set. The students build the set, they paint the set, they figure out all the measurements, um, as well as the lighting and the sound design too. So there are a lot of components that go into it and I'm very lucky to have a strong team that I work with in order to uh, make it all come together in the end. So if we bring back the four C's, right? creativity, collaboration, communication, critical thinking, what aspects do you think the play hits on and why to make it an innovative practice? Oh, all of them for sure. I mean, first and foremost, collaboration is the most important because you're relying on the other actors on stage with you to continue the story, especially if there's a mistake, that's the best because then you really have to problem solve and that's where some critical thinking comes in. Um, behind the scenes, I was very impressed with how the set crew worked together to solve problems and keep the show running even when things didn't go as planned. Um, they solved problems by working together. They were very creative in all of their, uh, in all the situations they had to be. And even as a director with a clear vision coming in at the beginning, they come up with their own ideas and bring it to the next level. For example, there's a moment where Sally is talking about her coat hanger sculpture and talking to the teacher about how she got a terrible grade on it. And the kids came up with the idea of, what if Snoopy had a really good one that we can compare it to? <laughs> so we borrowed Mr. Hill's Eiffel Tower that looks like it was made out of coat hangers if you were really, really good at making coat hanger sculptures. And Snoopy comes on and sort of laughs at Sally and her little dinky coat hanger and feathers and bejeweled mm -hmm. sculpture. And that moment I just love because not only was it student driven, but it also really tells the story of how she feels in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Thanks for listening today. Join us next time to hear more from students. The next time will be about Genius Hour.